Hi, it's Laura Giles, your host of Modern Animism Radio. Thanks for being here today. We have a guest. Her name is Laurel Virtues Water. She's an author, storyteller, artist who talks to trees, and she's the creator of the Tree Spirit Tarot. Before we get to her, let's give gratitude to the elements and ancestors. To the earth below who nurtures, supports, and feeds us, I give gratitude. To the air around us that fills our lungs, helps us to fly, communicate, and inspire each other, I say thank you. To the fire that destroys and motivates us to create, I give thanks. And to the water that sustains life, helps us to flow, and takes us deep into unknown places so that we may heal and grow, I thank you. To the human, plant, animal, and mineral ancestors, thank you for all that you do that is seen and unseen. Thank you for all that you do for us every day to guide our path and keep us safe. For all our listeners around the globe, thank you for your support. If we inspire, educate, or give you anything of value, please consider reciprocating with a share or review on iTunes or wherever you're listening. And if you'd like to do more, you can go to patreon.com forward slash pan society and become an insider. We have group ancestral clearings, a book club, and an online class for those who want to take it to a deeper level. You can also join our free Facebook group and mingle with others who are interested in animism like you. So it's hard to talk about animism because it's such a big topic. It's life, really. But one of those things that I think lots of animists have in common is the love of trees. And I know our guest shares that love. Welcome, Laurel. Thank you. Welcome. It's nice to hear from you. Thanks. So can you tell us how you became acquainted with trees? <laughs> well, when, sure. Um, when I was a little girl growing up in Frankfurt, Germany, uh, which is where I was born, uh, there was a park adjacent to our home. And this park was like a forest garden filled with old trees. And I played in that park just about every day, whenever my mother would let me go. <laughs> And about around the age of six, I was um, walking on one of the paths through the, through the real wooded part. And I sensed something to my left. And I, when I looked, I could visually see like a woman standing within the trunk of this tree. And I had my brother with me who was a year younger and I asked him, I said, can you, can you see that lady in the tree? And he couldn't. And so it kind of, it scared me that he couldn't see her. So, and I could see her so clearly. And she seemed to be like motioning to me. Um, she wasn't scary or anything. She just was looking at me and I, and I, but anyway, it scared me. So we ran off to the other side of the park and I sort of forgot about it, you know, and I thought, okay, that was very strange. And, and then later that night or a few nights later, um, her spirit came to me in my sleep. And I, I don't know if it was a dream or if I woke up, but to me, it's like she came and there was a cloud <clears throat> hovering above my bed. And at first I was scared again because I thought, oh no, the lady in the trees knew that I saw her and you know I'm in trouble. And um, and the, the cloud kept coming towards me. And as it came towards me, it would change from kind of shades of gray to white, to light gray to white. And I started to become not afraid anymore. And then finally it became very still right above me as I laid there. 
And then all of a sudden I could sense um, her speaking to me, but it wasn't a, you know, a verbal speaking out. It was more like a speaking into my soul or my heart or however you want to define that. Um, and in my mind, we started having this conversation with each other. And I was like, why are you here? And she um, very clearly let me know that I was here uh, because I had a special purpose. And I was like, what's that? <laughs> she was like, you're here to help people understand each other better. And I thought, oh, okay, I, that would be fun. You know, I'm six years old. I thought, yeah, that would be fun. And with that, I fell asleep. And so I, again, the next morning I woke up and I was kind of drowsy and I was thinking about everything. And I was thinking about her and seeing her in the, in the woods and then having this vision overnight. And I thought, okay, what, what is going on here? You know, is this for real? And then I could hear again in my mind, well, what would it take for you to know this was real? And <clears throat> again, like a child, um, I was like, well, I would love to float down these stairs because we lived in a large home and there was this very steep staircase in front of me because I was about ready to go downstairs for breakfast. And all of a sudden I, I felt literally two hands um, come from behind and slip under my armpits and physically lifted me off the ground about six inches or 10, whatever, you know, just enough that, that my feet left the ground. And then I could feel myself being gently floated down the stairs. And then at the end of the staircase, um, she set me back down on the ground. And as soon as my feet were secure, I could feel her arm, her hands slip out from under my armpits. And I turned around and because I wanted to see her, and but she wasn't there and there wasn't anybody there. And so I went running into my mother and mom, 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 I just, you know, I had this, I called her tree spirit. I said, I had this tree spirit that came to me. And she, she was like, well, that's your active imagination. There's no such thing. And then I thought like guardian angel. And she says, there's no such thing. And, you know, I mean, they, they wouldn't, they don't show themselves to you, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, so I just kind of sat with that. And shortly after that experience, we, my father told us that we were going to be moving to the United States. It was very sudden. I loved living in Germany. And um, the next thing I knew we were in the United States, you know, we lived in Alexandria, Virginia for a while. And then we moved all around until we finally settled in a small town within months. And I had just turned seven when, right as we came across the United States to the United States across the ocean. And so we settled in this small town and my first day, the day before I was going to start my first day of school, I accidentally discovered I was adopted and I was pretty shook up because I was like, what? I'm adopted. You know, what does this mean? You know, I just, you just took me away from this park I loved and my tree spirit and, and, you know, my people that I loved and friends and my school and everything. And, and now I'm here and I don't know anybody. And now you're not even my parents and this isn't my country. And I was just so confused. And I was about to start third grade in a new school in a small town. And I went to school that day and um, I had the teacher asked, you know, asked me to introduce myself. Where was I from? Yada, yada. And, <laughs> and I was 
pretty like confused. And I just said, all I know is that I've been adopted for, so I could have been hatched, you know, I'm from Germany. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Yeah, exactly. That was a reaction. Everybody started laughing at me and, and, you know, but I was just this kind of indignant little girl. I was like, you know, yeah, whatever. (laughs) So, you know, but unfortunately the kids, you know, this was 1961 or 62, this was 1962. And, you know, so then the kids started picking on me because I was a new girl and I was adopted and I was from, you know, Germany. And, and so they kind of started picking on me and calling me Hitler's daughter and all this stuff. And so it got Mm. quite intense for me and I didn't even know who that was. And so what I did was I started walking around, you know, between the school and, and where we lived just standing in front of the trees. Because <laughs> I was like, okay, tree spirit, if, if you told me I'm here to help people understand each other better, but I don't even understand myself. Um, how am I supposed to do that? And where are you? And why aren't you here to help me? And because I thought you'd help me in all of this. So I would stand in front of all these different trees and I could tell they were like very different energy. And none of them were speaking to me or talking to me. And and it, 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 so it took quite a while until finally it was um, the arborvitas, which, you know, we call cedars, but, you know, they're, they're um, cypress trees. And so the arborvitas were the first to kind of welcome me and feel soft. And um, I felt like they were the first ones that kind of let me know it's okay. It's okay. You'll be okay. You know, we'll, we'll protect you. We'll we'll be here for you. And, um, and then I, you know, I started, you know, connecting with the oaks and the weeping willows that lived along Lake Michigan, because that's where, where I was living was right along the shores of Lake Michigan, and these little streams. And um, so I would climb up in the trees and I, I, but you know, none of them were like the tree spirits, not like they were having that kind of intense communication, but I started realizing at that point, I mean, I realized from the moment that I met the tree spirit as a child, that there was way more to this world um, than, you know, than what I realized. And so I knew that there was energy coming from the trees and the plants and the grass and the sky and the stones. And so I just played in nature and I was very, um, alone most of my like early childhood I didn't have a lot of friends so nature really became my friend you know (laughs) so that's that's kind of how I got into trees I'm glad that you said that it took a while for the trees to talk to you because I think what I hear from other people and I'm not I'm no judge on anybody else's experience is that, you know, they're talking all the time. You go right up to them. They're super accessible, but that hasn't been my experience either. Um, My experience is that they, they need to warm up to you and they need to get to know you. So would you, could you say more about that? Well, sure. Um, You know, I, I think when you meet a tree, for me, it seems like, I mean, there, there's a, there, okay. Every once in a while, I will meet a tree that is just like an extrovert, you know, that's like, whoa, you know, so glad you're here, you know, welcome. I mean, they just have real loud personalities and you can feel it right away. But 
That's very rare. Um, most trees are, are, yeah, they're, they're a little, um, they, they watch, they watch and they hold space and they're, they're quiet. And, um, so it takes a while you need to visit, you need to visit them. You need to hang out with them. Some I can tell are more friendly than others, you know, in terms of, and it's just like humans, you know, they're, some are shy, some are, um, more receptive to wanting to create a, a relationship. Um, yeah. And, and some align with you and some don't align as easily, you know, just, it's just like people, like as we meet people and how we feel when we meet people. But the thing is, I don't, I, I don't want to, cause this happens a lot when I tell my story is that people expect that I'm, that they're going to have an experience like what I had, which was very visceral as a little girl. And Honestly, I haven't had that experience again as an adult um, in terms of feeling that kind of talking, you know, where, I mean, I could, I felt like I actually heard a voice talk to me. Mm -hmm. Now it's more like um, a connection, you know, and I can, what I do now, I'm, I mean, I live in, in Southern Oregon. So we, we moved from Wisconsin five years ago. And so I've had to learn a whole new ecosystem now because it, mm -hmm. it took me, you know, 50 some years, 55 years to learn the trees in Wisconsin and know them and become intimate with them and feel comfortable with them and vice versa. But now I'm in Oregon and this is a lot, and there's a lot of trees here, <laughs> and a lot of amazing trees. Um, and I'm just now after five years starting to feel like I can, I can listen to them and they talk to me. And with the fires that we've had out here last year, I could really feel like, cause I started sensing they could, they, I could feel them connecting and talking to me because I think they realized I was listening and I could feel that they were very worried um, and they were really struggling. And I, I got really worried. And, um, and then this, this summer, when this, when the fire season began and we had fires and smoke, I go out every night and I go out every day and I, I have the tr these trees that surround us where we live, because we live kind of outside of town and there's lots of trees around us. And, um, and I would talk to them and listen to them and I could sense they were telling me it's going to be okay. We're bet we're in better shape now and we're, we're okay, we're gonna be okay, and you're gonna be okay, and it's gonna be okay. <laughs> just, and I would go out like every night, I was like, are you gonna be okay, are we gonna be okay? And it's like, yeah, we're gonna be okay, we're stronger, and we can handle this. We, we weren't so sure, you know, last year when you talked to us, but we're, and I could feel my heart settle down um, from that. So um, yeah, it's taken, yeah, and that's been five years now, meeting these trees. Yeah. That's been my uh, experience too, is that it is, it does take time. It's, it is relational and it's not fast and it, you know, they, they're long lived creatures. They got all day, you know, <laughs> all year, <laughs> all decade. Yeah. yeah. So um, I think some people gravitate towards certain trees because the energy just matches well. So theirs and yours, yeah. like I love beaches, dogwoods, redwoods and yews. Um, I think everybody loves redwoods and use, but um, do you, do you feel that way too, that, that the energy matches or do you have a favorite? 
Oh, yeah. Um, well, since I've lived here, the madrones really match for me. Um, we have these madrone trees with this amazing red smooth bark. And there's something magical about madrones. Um, and I had never known a madrone before. So I'm, I'm really loving them. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. But you know, other than that, I mean, I, like I said, arborvitas, um, which Thuja, um, cypress type tree, uh, mm -hmm. I, I love them. In, in Wisconsin, we have really large ones. You, you can't really climb in one. It's part, kind of hard to climb in one, but, but just there's something about them that's just really sweet. Um, beyond that, I too love beech trees. I just met a new beech tree, actually a little grove of beech trees, not a little, a very large grove of old beech trees. And it was like walking in a temple. I mean, it was mm -hmm. just amazing, you know, and, and mm -hmm. the way that the, everything hung down around and it was just like, wow, you know, just, yeah. So I love beech trees um, and oaks. <laughs> There's a lot of trees that I love, actually. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, but I probably relate as a as a human, you know, to a tree. I would say the one that speaks to my heart the most and that's been around me the most are oaks, because they're mm -hmm. they seem to be the most have been the most consistent and present in my life. It was a sweet chestnut tree that communicated with me as a child but I don't meet very many sweet chestnut trees anywhere. Mm -hmm. So um, that's, I, you know, I, yeah, yeah. So some of the interpretations or um, observations that you have listed on your website or so the tree energy, I mean, is different from like the um, Bach flower essences. So I, I do see the similarities between stories in different cultures, um, meaning that, you know, like you talked about the oak and pretty much everywhere, I think everybody says they're strong, you know, we know that, but um, then you'll see some other things that say, no, the oak is this, which is different. And does that mean that we can put our own spin on how a tree feels to us? Or is there one true way of seeing trees or are they just multifaceted like people? Well, I think they're multifaceted like people. Um, you know, and, and the other thing is that oaks, there's very, all these different kinds of oaks and, um, you know, depending on where they live, depending on how old they are, depending on, on the ecosystem they live in, depending on the species that they are, um, you know, there's a lot of, a, a lot of variations, just like there are in humans. So, you know, mm -hmm. that can all make a difference. Uh, you know, here in Oregon, we have Oregon white oak and the leaves are very shiny. And then there's like a, an evergreen oak. Um, so there's, you know, there's, there are different oaks than what we have. I don't see an oak tree here. That's like the oak trees in Wisconsin or the oak trees that were in Frankfurt, Germany. Um, and then there's oaks in the South that are, you know, the big, huge, you know, with the, you know. Yeah, the live oaks, right? yeah. You know, those are mm -hmm. amazing. So, I, you know, each one of those is going to have a very different personality and energy. And just as we, as humans, kind of project our stuff onto trees, you know, that's also going to impact how, how what our relationship or perception is of a tree. So if somebody wanted to, so I'm not a, a great user of Bach flower essences by any means. So I, I'm 
yeah discount anything i say if it's crazy but if somebody wanted to tap into the energy of trees using that and oak is one of them they have oak olive uh, like all kinds of things um is that going to be effective being that there's so many different types of oaks well i'm not i'm not as familiar i'm not that familiar with bach essences i mean i've tried them i've used them but i'm not a practitioner of bach mm -hmm. You know essences, so um, I can't speak to what species they're using. I, I would imagine it's um, probably the primary European oak, you know. Um, but I'm not sure, honestly. I'd have to look into it. But you know, I think I think with flower essences or essences, um, tree essences, that you know what what we need to remember is that we're connecting with what I consider like this kind of archetypal energy. Mm -hmm. um, so there's one thing in terms of like our personal relationship that we're going to have with a certain tree at a certain day on a certain time, whatever, depending on our mood and a whole lot of things, if it's sunny or raining or whatever, it's all going to always, it could change. Um, but then there's this other level beyond our everyday life that is that archetypal level that Jung kind of talks about um, that's held in the collective unconsciousness. And so when I think of essences like tree essences or flower essences, I think that's more of what they're connecting in with is that archetypal energy. That makes total sense. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, and what I was doing in the book was also trying to connect with some of that archetypal energy of Oak, but then, you know, if you read into, you know, or my, on my website, I should say, cause they're both all the same information. Um, is that, you know, then I went kind of into some of the stories of Oak in terms of the naming of it and, you know, sort of some of that, because I, I find um, the linguistics, the story behind the words of how things were named hold, again, these bigger stories, um, mm -hmm. these archetypal stories. So that's, that's also something I look at. But yeah, I think, I think essences hold more of the archetypal energy versus the personal you know, everybody's personal experience, energy. Mm -hmm. And you have a Jungian background and I wouldn't call myself a Jungian by any means, but um, I do pay attention to the archetypes. Can you speak to how that can enrich your spiritual understanding, whether with the trees or anything in nature? Oh, sure. Um, you know, <laughs> well, you know, what I, what I love about uh, the concept of archetypes and, um, you know, Plato understood the concept of archetypes, you know, over 2000 years ago. So this isn't a new concept. And it's kind of, you know, that idea that, um, you know, we, we share, it's okay. It takes us into this world of myth-making. It takes us into the world of the sacred. It takes us into the world of beyond our everyday life and into more of this ex more expansive way of seeing ourselves, um, other people, our community, our world, our universe. It just takes us into this area of a deeper, richer, broader way of seeing. And um, so by doing that, you know, it, it's, it's kind of like the archetype of the eagle um, 
being a bird that soars wingtip to wingtip between earth, you know, the sky and the heavens and the cosmos. And by imagining that we are the eagle and imagining that we can soar that high, um, we can see now. Uh, we fly out of our like everyday issue that we might be dealing with and we go to eagle and we fly way above the story, way above the wound, way above everything. And then we see this bigger picture of everything. And like eagle, you can you still have this amazing vision that can pinpoint down. But when you see this bigger picture, it's like, oh, that thing that was really consuming me, that was really troubling me, that, that was had me all wound up. Now, when I go into Eagle, I can see this bigger picture and it puts everything into a new perspective. And from mm -hmm. this new perspective, I see what's important more clearly and I can now adjust my perception and, and move on from there. And so I think archetypes um, have that way of helping us <clears throat> maneuver through life so that you know we can see things from that broader perspective and mm -hmm. shift from that place. Thank you. And um, in your tarot deck, how did you decide which trees would represent which elements? So you mean in terms of like the, 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 the four like cups, pentacles, that part? Right, four? yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, when I, when I, <laughs> well, it was really easy to think of like, um, I, it, it, it wasn't hard at all, actually. Um, I mean, cups, I right away thought of fruit because I thought juicy, you know, they, mm. they hold all this juice and fruit is, you know, thirst quenching and, you know, fruit trees give us lots of joy and love. And that's kind of like what cups does. And then mm -hmm. pentacles, I thought of nut trees um, because a lot of cultures, um, you know, before there was currency, nuts were a very valuable commodity. And so they were exchanged as currency. Um, and so it seemed, that seemed natural to me. And in terms of um, swords, I immediately thought of hardwood trees because I thought, you know, <laughs> swords can be made out of very hard wood. And hmm. um, so, and then in terms of wands, it was the evergreens because I think evergreens, like I said before, you know, my first tree in the United States that embraced me, you know, was um, Arborvita. Um, and, you know, I love redwoods. <clears throat> There's a lot of evergreen trees that, you know, capture my soul as well. Um, and so I, I think of them as magical, you know, they feel very magical. Mm -hmm. so when I think of wands, I think of magic. And so that's why. And then uh, uh, again, evergreen, just the concept of evergreen is kind of more of that um, aligns with that tree of life, that kind of magical, you know, um, continuation, that belief and, you know, all of that. So, yeah, so that's how I did that. And how'd you decide which trees would represent the major arcana? That was, that was really fun. Um, you know, a lot of it started out very intuitively. And then as I started researching um, or going deeper, I mean, I switched a couple of them around, but honestly, most of them were pretty intuitive. Um, I knew that fig because, you know, in terms of the empress, um, just fig being the nurture. Um, and then I, I, as I started learning more about fig and then sycamore, Ficus sycamorus, um, the ancient kind of Egyptian fig, um, that just felt really right to me because I think of the tarot as, as really tapping into this very ancient knowledge 
So I wanted to try to find trees that held some of this very ancient knowledge. Um, and because I had done, I should probably backtrack a little bit. Um, like I said, you know, that my tree spirit came to me as a child at six years old and I hadn't, it didn't really come to me uh, in like a physical form throughout my life. But then when 9-11 happened, um, the day after 9-11, I was in the shower because I was just, I mean, I just was crying for the world and it, taking showers has always been kind of where I, I connect with, <laughs> that's been the place where I like clear and cleanse and connect. And as I was in the shower, I was like, I was thinking about the tree spirit and I was thinking about my mission in life. And I was thinking, boy, I blew it. You know, it's like, look at what's going on in the world. Look at all the anger, look at all the separation and, you know, and how religion has separated us and, and just how, all, all this fear and et cetera. And what am I supposed to do? Because how, how do I go back to, how do I fulfill my purpose? And um, I mean, I had always been a person that was seeking and learning about and the walls that separated us. Um, but obviously I hadn't done enough. That's how I felt. So at that moment, as I was in the shower, it was like as if she appeared to me and and all of a sudden I, I was like, whoa. And, <laughs> and I was like, oh, you're here. And, and then she's like, work with me as the tree of life. And I was like, whoa, okay, that's, I could feel my entire body go electric. And even though that sounds kind of cliche, you know, work with me as a tree of life, I knew immediately as soon as, as I sensed that, that I was meant to, I needed to untangle the shared roots of world belief from 40,000 BC to present day. And I've always been somebody that loves history, um, art history, um, any kind of history. And I've, I have always studied and been curious about different religions. So this just was like, okay, I'm doing it. And so I just started untangling those roots and started researching world belief and indigenous belief and going back, like I said, 40,000 BC on every continent, trying to understand this. And so by having that base of knowledge, so to speak, um, because that was 2001. And by the time I started writing Tree Spirit Tarot, it was 2018, so, um, or 2017. So I had a lot of, I had 16 years of research that packed into my brain. So, so it was not that difficult for me to tap into some of the stories that I had learned along the way uh, as I started identifying trees to go with the major arcana. Um, you know, so like pomegranate, um, uh, you know, just made total sense because I always was intrigued by the tarot with the, um, the B and the J, you know, I was like, okay, what, what is that about? You know? And so it was like, um, you start reading about the whole story of Solomon's temple. And then you go into Solomon's temple and then you realize, you know, that there's pomegranates, you know, engraved all over the two pillars, which represent you know, Boaz and Joachim and the B and the J and are like the left and the right, the moon and the sun, you know, just all these kind of esoteric um, concepts. And it's like, okay. And the pomegranate is like the promised land. And, you know, it just holds all this imagery. And then you go back to, okay, what was that? You know, where did that all come from? You know, and it, it just, it, it, it shows you that these really ancient um, art, beliefs that we have today, this Judeo-Christian belief that so many people are aligned with, you know, have their roots 
in nature and how the pomegranate influenced, you know, <laughs> something as significant in the Judeo-Christian tradition as Solomon's temple. So, you know, it was, I wanted to make sure I could tell that story. Um, and it was the same with Oak, you know, that Oak held this really bigger story of, of God and how the word God came to be. And so, of course, I saw that as, you know, the, um, the father, you know, the divine father. So, yeah. So anyway. <laughs> so how important or maybe informative is knowing the lore behind the trees, the symbolism is, I mean, it sounds to me like it's, it's, it gives you the ability to connect the things within the web, but let's say that you didn't have that. Would you, do you think that people are able to intuit it just from the energy of the tree itself? Maybe, <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I don't know, you know, it's like, I think, um, I think if they're open to it and seeking it, um, they could, you know, um, but I think honestly, right now, I think most people just walk by trees and don't, think about it true yeah you know so it, it again depends on how open and aware and um yeah how seeking you know how open you are to seeking that connection so i i, I just i think right now you know we're we're walking we're, i think there are a lot of people that can do you know can feel that but i think there are probably more that right now don't feel that because they're not open or curious about it and maybe it's a cultural thing so if it's in the culture then there's just an awareness of it and it makes it easier i don't know or maybe maybe we are at a point where we do need to study that and bring it back into awareness i i think we do need to bring it into awareness i i do agree though that it could be cultural um definitely different cultures have a completely different relationship with nature. Mm -hmm. you, know, um, you know, what, what, you know, what I know, like when I go back, cause I've gone back to Germany several times as an adult and I can really feel the energy there different. And I think people have a different reverence um, for nature um, than we, than I sense we have here in the United States. Um, mm -hmm. I know that there are people, obviously there is, there, I am absolutely not saying that there are not people in the United States that care very deeply about nature because there absolutely are. And, you know, most of my friends are, and, and I, obviously there's, so I don't want to make it sound like people here don't have that ability, but I think our popular culture doesn't really encourage that. And I think, you know, um, uh, there is, how can I say, I, I feel like, you know, we've got so caught up in media and consumerism and just politics. And there's just so many things going on around us right now that um, kind of can detract. And yet I know people when they go into the forest, if they have a forest near them, that's one of the things, you know, um, they can feel that, you know, and it feels calming and they can relax, but you know, are they connecting with a certain tree? I'm not sure, but they might be feeling, they know that by being in nature feels better. You know, mm -hmm. unfortunately we have more and more people living in cities and, and, you know, hopefully those cities are creating, you know, beautiful green spaces for people to, mm -hmm. to connect. Um, you know, so that's, I think it's a challenge that we have here. 
you know, as people are moving away from rural areas and into cities. So let's say that someone was reared in an urban culture and just hasn't had that much exposure to trees and is like listening to this and it's just wildly inspired and be like, oh, I need to do that. <laughs> what suggestion would you give them to get started in making that connection? Well, find the closest botanical garden, arboretum, forest, national park, whatever, you know, that's close to where you live. Um, you know, there could just be a beautiful little park um, or, or even a tree that that lives a couple blocks away. I mean, I don't know, depending on the urban environment they're living in. Um, but absolutely, if, if you can be near nature, I would encourage, I, I encourage people to do that. And if they have the space in their yard to plant a tree, I would encourage them to do that. But some people don't have yards. Some people are in apartments. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And, you know, so then it's like, well, you could get some photos of trees, you know, surround yourself with that energy, um, with that beauty and uh, bring live plants into your, into your space, go out in nature, um, ask for, um, see if, you know, if you can collect some stones or, you know, things that are laying on the ground that seem to, to be open to being collected and take, bring a little bit of that into your apartment to create kind of like a little altar or a space, you know, something that would connect you to that place. Mm -hmm. Any thoughts about tree hugging? <laughs> I think it's good if you can, if you can go out and hug a tree, that's always a good thing. You know, some trees okay. are, <clears throat> are more huggable than others, right? <laughs> I totally agree with that. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so Do you have any um, special tree meditations? Oh boy. Um, what I tend to do, you know, I don't have like a verbal meditation, but what I tend to do is, again, depending on the tree, depending on the environment, if I can sit under the tree, I like to sit with my back against the tree. But again, not all trees, you know, can, can allow you to do that. Uh, but if I can, if I, so then if I can stand with my back against the tree, I like to put my spine up against the tree and just kind of connect energetically that way. The other way that is because I can, I feel like I can really like, like we can merge. I mean, the other way is front, you know, with your heart, but sometimes that's actually harder, um, you know, to get your, to, to like kind of go into the tree. So, um, but trees that I, <clears throat> that I can actually hug and put my arms, you know, embrace them and put my heart into them. Um, that feels great too. So then what, a lot of times I'm just standing there and I just stare up at them and I feel mm -hmm. so it's always different, you know, but mm -hmm. what I do is it's just still, you know, I'm just still and quiet and listening and feeling and connecting and standing there for however long I want to, <laughs> mm -hmm. but that's like my, it's pretty simple. I don't really have a structured meditation if that's what you're asking. Okay. Yeah. I like laying underneath them too and just looking up. Oh, sure. Yeah. Anything, anything depends again, like if there, if there's space to lay there, um, you know, I just, I, I, right now I tend to be in these woods in Oregon and they're pretty hilly. So there is not, it's not the, so uh, to lay <laughs> uh -huh, and the woods yeah. are really exposed. So it's like, you know, it's and the redwoods, you know, the redwoods aren't far from us. So I'm in the redwood forest quite a bit, but even there, it's not easy to lay in a redwood forest. So, um, mm -hmm. Yeah, but you can certainly stand there and feel it. So yeah, yeah 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you, Laurel. Um, can you tell us about your books and tarot cards? Sure. Um, well, I've written three books, and the book that you're referring to primarily is Tree Spirit Tarot. Um, and I've been self-publishing at this point, and I'm trying to find a publisher that can help me turn it into a deck. So it's it's been a bit of a clumsy process because I had this great idea, and <laughs> I created it, but um, but it's just a matter of getting it, um, you know, so it's an affordable, easy, because I'd like to have it so that it's like a, a, a set, but it's not really mm -hmm. a set. Uh, so that's why I put the information that I have in the book on the website, Tree Spirit Wisdom. Um, uh. So because I wanted my main goal, obviously, my main purpose in life is to do, you know, to help people understand each other better. And I felt that by doing doing the research and putting this, these, um, this energy of the trees in alignment with the tarot, that that was part of part of what I was doing. But then I realized not everyone is into the tarot. And by navigating through the website, from a tarot perspective, it, it's a little was a little more clumsy. So then I created tree spirit wisdom, and then aligned the trees in an alphabetical order. So they're not, um, if you read the book, tree spirit tarot, you'll see how those trees align with the tarot. Um, but if you go to Tree Spirit Wisdom, all the information that I have in Tree Spirit Tarot, other than just knowing what you know card it's affiliated with, it's all there. The messaging, all of that is the same. So I I I did that because I wanted to get the information out so people didn't have to feel they had to purchase the book or the deck that they could mm -hmm. get the information. And the same thing with Mandala Chakra. Um, I created a book that again was inspired by trees, but it was the concept of the tree of life within us because I originally had called it tree of life awakening, but then I, I connected it more with the chakras and um, yeah, put together a book and a deck and then did the same thing and created a website called mandalachakra.com. And it kind of looks at the seven chakras from seven different perceptual states, um, including the archetypes of nature um, the elements of nature, um, sacred geometry, uh, Jungian consciousness, um, sacred beliefs, which is kind of the seven major belief systems, and then oneness, and then the, the kind of the archetype of the chakras themselves. So it sort of is like a roadmap to go through and see your, yourself from all these different perspectives. Um, and I put all that information as well on a website so people could access it for free. And then the, um, the other book that I've written is my autobiography called The Guardian Tree. That kind of, because my story is fairly complex. And um, uh, so I, instead of when people ask me my, about my story, <laughs> I just say, well, you can read the book. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. um, so that's also available, but I don't have that on online. That's something a person would have to purchase. So yeah. So and I've, where are your websites? Uh, well, my primary website is laurelwaters.com. And on that site, you'll see the, the links to the books and the decks and, you know, bio and, and then classes that I, I used to have classes. I used to teach a lot of classes um, on all of this. But since I've moved to Oregon, um, there's been a lot of things that have been going on. And then now with COVID, I just haven't been able to um, find a, a space um, or create an environment where I felt like we could do this. So 
um, it's been a little challenging not teaching. <laughs> so, mm. um, yeah. But I'm hoping that, you know, uh, eventually that will happen again. And, but cool. some on the website, you know, can see some of the classes that I, that I plan to offer. So. Okay. Well, post that in the show notes so people can find that. And our guest again is Laurel Virtues Waters. Thank you, Laurel. And thank everyone today for listening. And don't forget to leave a review for the podcast, if you please. And also check us out on Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok if you're on any of those social media platforms. I'm Laura Giles, and I'll see y'all next week. Thank you.